much. Um, oh, sorry. Um, so hi everyone. Uh, yeah. Thanks again for joining uh, the podcast with us within us. I'm here with uh, Jamila uh, Mayaja, uh, CEO of Smart Girls Uganda, and this is part of our series of profiling uh, the builders for Africa's future uh, with the African Diaspora Network. And she she's the second entre- entrepreneur of profiling, and I'm excited to have her here. So um, she was excited to get right into it. So I'm gonna give Jamila the floor to just start. Um, with a brief introduction about herself. Um, so Jamala, the floor is yours and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Sure. Yeah, so um, I'm Jamila Manja, as you said, I'm the founder and team leader at Smart Girls Uganda, um, a social enterprise that I run in, in Uganda, but also scaling to South Africa. Um, we um, mostly into girls and women empowerment to keep them economically sustainable and um, live a healthy life to, so that they can also give back and transform the communities they come from. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, can you just take us back to like how everything started? I mean, just give us a background of where you grew up. As I mentioned before, we started recording the podcast. You know, I've been to Barra, uh, Western mm-hmm. Province. I've not been to anywhere else. Um, but I know that Uganda is a large and beautiful country. Uh, with great music and great food um yeah <laughs> great people uh, if you don't mind sharing like just your like your upbringing and what what led you to who you are today uh just uh, an amazing entrepreneur and someone who wants to make a difference yeah. uh, women empowerment um so i grew up with a very large family hmm. i am um uh, my dad was uh, is a, was a muslim um who had the four wives and uh, 14 children. I am in the middle around the seventh, I would say. Um, so I, I born in Kampala, raised in Kampala, studied in Kampala, um, went to um, my primary, it was like a, a mixed school and uh, a secondary, I went to an all-girls school um, where I think my inspiration in two girls and empowerment started from there in Abisusa. Um, where I was on every, I was on that cabinet of every club, and I also started a club. So, um, in primary, I was bullied so much because I grew up faster than my peers. Started my menstruation periods earlier, so my primary was a bit hard. Though I went through a lot of menstrual bullying, but when I went to Navisunsa, the old girls' school, it was like more of my self space. So it grew my self esteem. I was in all these clubs trying to help out girls as. In the peace club, the debate club, the drama club, I was I started a red ribbon club. So, I think my inspiration to start um, Smart Girls came from my secondary life. Mm. So, but when I went to my campus, um, uh, early on on campus, I lost my dad in first year. Um, I was in the Macquarie University Business School and I was doing business administration. So, when I lost my dad, um, somehow. It, I got out of my comfort zone because he had he was our everything. He gave us everything, literally. So I went on, on to getting a job um, uh, when I was in my second year, first semester, so that I could help my mother out with some of the fees at home and food. So my inspiration for girls started in high school, but my working spirit started at campus, mostly because um, of losing my dad. 
So I just walked into this company and told them I can do any, whatever they were doing and I could learn it in a minute. And yeah, I did that. They talked to me what they were doing. It was an SMS-based company. Mm-hmm. So um, that grew my resilience, my confidence, my hunger to try and um, be uh, an entrepreneur. The gentleman who hired me at that time, I grew it. I saw him grow the company that I was working with him. I started as a salesperson, worked at the reception, worked in IT. So he grew my capacity, um, I would say, even before I finished my campus. So when I finished my campus, but during the time when I was working, I used to volunteer a lot in organizations. And I noticed I would always drift into women empowerment roles. So um, after I left campus, um, I was at my workplace that time I'd even been developed to a marketing manager, but it wasn't enough. So I decided to quit, <laughs> which made my mother run mad. <laughs> she was like, you know, African mothers, you're leaving all this highly paying job to do what? Like, I'm going to try and work out something for myself to empower women and girls. So like, what? With what money? I'm like, I'll work it out. So, yeah, so that's how I, I'm 2013, because I graduated in 2011. And 2013, um, that's when I officially started um, the dream to try and achieve and start Smart Girls, which I officially later registered in 2015. Mm, yeah. Mm, that, that's uh, such a powerful story. And just thanks. Thanks for walking us down the memory lane. Um, I think one thing that I just want to, when, when you told your, when actually you decide to quit this real good job and, and that perhaps I give you the, the foundation of, you know, maybe business, uh, the business skills that, you know, perhaps you're applying now at Smart Girls. When you quit and, and you had to discuss, can you give us that transition period? What what was it like? What did you... Hello. Okay. Oh, okay. So, as answering your question, um, how um the transition was the transition was so hard. First of all, because people did like, for example, the person who was very close to like my mom didn't mm-hmm. really support it because. She really didn't understand how I was living this highly paid, and I've just I had just literally been promoted um, to marketing manager, and she's like she thought I was going bogus, like I was going crazy. How you actually leave? You've been working like you've been like the job had really groomed me, mm-hmm. and um, I had like I had reached like the maximum of my my career as a marketeer. Um, at a really young age, um, at, I had just left my university and I was already a marketing manager of a, a fully grown um, SMS company. So most of my close people thought I was crazy. So I didn't have really a, a support system when I was trying to start Smart Girls. Um, it's of recently, quite years later, that my mom is actually understanding the work that I'm doing in Smart Girls. So, because she she really didn't support it. And also fund savings, you've saved some little money 
but eventually they start <laughs> money doesn't grow back like you can't take it off and then it comes back you really need to work hard so it was hard because there's a time where my savings ran out absolutely mm-hmm. and i think it also led to i had just gotten married so i think it also and when i had gotten married that's when i also quit uh, my job so somehow it also affected my marriage so later on like a few years down the road i got divorced so somehow it was not easy so sometimes the decision you make come with <laughs> come with issues but um smart girls growth has been ha- quite humbling for me for me it was, it is, it was worth it in every second i won't lie there was a time i said let me go back to my former boss and ask for a job and she even so she later became my partner and she she admitted that for the past two years she waited for me to actually go back and ask for my job. Mm-hmm. But I kept on, whenever I would reach out again, I'm like, no, 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 let me go back. <laughs> so yeah, it was really a hassle, but yeah, it was no, worth it. No, thank, thanks so much, Jamila, for being very vulnerable and sharing very personal stories, right? I think um, this is something that people don't really understand, the, the sacrifices. Um, uh, the, the, one of your colleagues yesterday said, one of the things that you have to be, uh, you have to put, you have to um, really consider as an advice entrepreneur is that you have to be willing to pay the cost of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> and also, yeah, and it's, was, so it's so true, right? And I was like, yes, yeah. the cost, I don't even know how high it is, you know, um, you know, self doubt, uh, doubts from parents. Uh, you know, all, I mean, they, they, they just the, the, this emotional cost that comes with all of this. And for you sharing that and you being here today sharing this story, it's, it's truly inspiring. You're, you're a strong, you're a strong person. Thanks. Thanks for what you're doing. Mm. Uh, so can we just talk a little bit about, so, um, so you started Smart Girls, you said 2013, right? or 2014 2013 um yeah how was it like i mean can you just walk us through the process of how you registered the company and i've been to some kampala offices you know to just register i you know we, i helped the company in uganda and man like you go there and you see the guys in uh <laughs> that has flown abroad i'm like ah, we made an appointment you know uh <laughs> <laughs> two weeks ago that is so true you know documents so, and stuff if you mind just share with us how you how was it like registering the company um, forget it you know because first of all um i'm not really like a fully profit making company so that's why that's why it was hard and it took me time that's when i ended up registering it I started the idea in what, around 2012, 2013. I ended up registering in 2015 because I didn't want to really register a profit sharing, sharing company. I had just started learning about the idea of social entrepreneurship. So I was very fascinated by social entrepreneurship. And here in Uganda, even to date, there's no, they, they still know yet how to register a social enterprise in Uganda. Hmm. so and we even just with the process of just just registering a basic company was is really hard so hmm. imagine you're coming up with an idea that has not yet been set up in the law here in uganda so it took me some really good time to figure out how i could be able to really register a social enterprise in uganda but later on after doing a lot of um research with the lawyers 
I ended up first registering it as a company, uh, not for profit, and also still have a profit arm. So it took, for me, it wasn't even the dilemma of the issue, the fees, the getting the appointments and everything. It was around that the fact that I needed another idea. I had another idea of what I wanted. And yet it wasn't yet there in the law. So that's why it took me some quite time, which later was, it was hard, but finally I figured how to work with their system so that it can benefit my system. Yeah. That is fair. That is fair. So you were, you were like a, um, a trailblazer, you know, you had to set the, the definition of what it means, or oh, the, like the rules, perhaps, you know, kind of the, the guidelines, mm-hmm. how to launch something like this. Oh man. What a tough. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I still do that. Even you see the some of the products I innovate with the young girls here. Mm-hmm. Like even having them certified right now. So the certification body here, right now for one of the bags that we make here, the solar bag, we we are working with the government, the certifying body with the government to try and get our own certification because they didn't have them. I like I like being different and I like challenging status quo. So um, it's exciting, and you know, it can be a stress, but for me, it's really exciting to try and introduce something new and uh, really challenge people is thinking of what has been traditional and what can be different. Yeah. yeah. You are very different. I can tell you're different. <laughs> you're very yeah. different. Um, can you just, uh, so now you, you, you have figured out a way to establish a company. I know that's one of the barriers you had to perhaps go through. Can you just... Tell us about, you know, how you brought the team together, um, you know, how you started having some of people involved in Smart Girls, partners, um, some of the, the clients, if I say that, that you're working with. Um, just, um, mm-hmm. just at the beginning phases, how was it like putting everything together and how, is, how, are, things, how are things now? Don't mind. Um, hmm. The story is so huge, but I want to try and cut it because it's so long. <laughs> Because we are launching Smart Girls, I started with a, a father-daughter dance, a mm. fundraiser event. Because um, the mandate when I started Smart Girls, I wanted to do two things, to try and help girls um, their menstrual, managing their menstrual hygiene so that they stay in school, and also economic empowerment. So I started with two things. I first started with a fundraising event because I didn't have money. I had my savings were out. So I used, I wanted to use the event to try and um, have fathers and daughters have fun but also help them bridge their gap so while making money from them <laughs> so I did that for three years which was quite successful uh, but it was quite it's quite stressful organizing events because there's a lot of advertising and everything um, and it's that money that helped me register the smart girls later on but later on also helped me launch another as if product so I'm doing a fund and doing like a give back for the girls. So I was able to mobilize funds through the, the, the event to be able to mobilize, uh, give, um, make reasonable parts that I was giving out at that time to young girls. But also I started now another like franchise called a gym mobile that was under smart girls where I would go into rural areas and hire girls um, in doing a door-to-door laundry servicing. And later, I would give them entrepreneur and employable skills training. So this, those two things are really a part of the history of Smart Girls because they have led to what I'm doing right now that led to the stamp of the exact things that we're doing right now. 
And I still always remind the first clients I go to the first father-daughter dance and tell them, you led to my success of what Smart Girls is. Mm. Because ideally, you know, they were giving me startup capital while they were having fun, mm. yeah? Mm. So, but I, later on, um, those two things led me to travel, um, being noticed by the U.S. Embassy, and I ended up traveling for, for the, um, it's called the Mandela Washington Fellowship for Young African Leaders in 2015. And I went to Dartmouth University. So while there, I learned about human-centered design, that is design thinking. So that now changed my absolutely, it changed my life. And while I was there too, during their presidential summit, I was recognized by um, President Barack Obama for the work I was doing at the G-Mobile, where I was getting young women into uh, work and creating them um, entrepreneurial opportunities. Now, that became like a kickstart for my brand as Jamila Mayanja, but also starting now to the world seeing the work that I'm doing. Um, people appreciated how different I was trying to get the mostly that because that time the women assigned in G-Mobile were mostly um, um, sex workers, um, drug users, survivors of gender-based violence. And it grew so fast from 30 ladies to 50. So... Um, Fast forward, when I left the fellowship, I come back. Um, I was so happy and everything. I was ready to, to, um, to get into human-centered design. I noticed, though, while registering, um, implementing human-centered design in the program I was doing for the laundry service, and I noticed that why I wasn't having a retention after the whole cycle. When the girls would get out of the cycle to go and start their own jobs, they would, they would not stick to the jobs. So... <laughs> So later on, that graduated because they'll start up. Okay, they'll start up the same jobs. They'll start up market stores. They'll start up boutiques. Mm-hmm. So that led me, challenged me. And while I was watching some animation, it's called Utopia. Mm-hmm. Um, I was challenged to start and thinking, how different can I give economic empowerment to women, but make them believe that they can do much more than what society believes they should do. So that's how our main idea that now we are mostly doing in girl, in smart girls called the Girls with Tools was born. Mm-hmm. So now the Girls with Tools training center um, that we do that is our biggest economical empowerment and also mostly our um, cash money, but also still our biggest empowerment. Mm-hmm. We use it now. The women that are putting the laundry, I close that. I challenge them to come and learn skill sets that were male-dominated that was STEM non-traditional skill sets. That's why I call it Girls with Tools, where I trained them in mechanical engineering, um, construction, woodworks, metalworks, um, big truck driving, yeah, um, electrical engineering. So that after I would be after the training, I would group them into um, into groups of teams and help them launch their own workshops. Yeah. So trying to challenge their thinking and making them believe that you can do much better than, even if you've not studied, you can still do these skill sets. So you see how the cycle, yeah. <laughs> that it came in. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. there's something the father-daughter dance with the human-centered design. Um, I'm able to, I've, like, I don't know if you see behind me, this, I innovated something called a solar smart bag. It's just behind. Wow. wow. So but it also came out of the fact that when we used to give out reusable parts after the event, we don't still the girls were not staying in school. So it, it multiplied. So the journey has been so long from when I started and it comes from 
me, I'm not afraid to try out something. And even if it fails, I learn from it and then sit down and um, see how I could refine it, make it so- social entrepreneur. Like yes. it's still bringing money, sustainable, but also helping the, the young women and girls that I'm trying to help. So, yeah. That, that is truly inspiring. And I think I love the, like how everything came, the pieces uh, came back, you know, the pieces fell in the right place and father daughter back to empowering women to get into this uh, traditionally male dominated roles and, and the, the definition of smart girls and how you can align that with very, um, you know, invaluable skills that can really help, you know, move society forward. But also, you know, we need, we need, we need women to get into in these spaces, right? Because, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and if you can just, if you can just share a little bit, what, what, what was the, did you see something somewhere and say, you know what, a woman can do this better. (laughs) You know, (laughs) someone do something (laughs) like a construction that you project that someone did. I was like, woman can do this better or an engineering and an electrical engineering project that you were like, mm-hmm. oh, I know some women that can do this better. Was there any trigger or was it just something that, I mean, intrinsically you knew like, okay, this is something that can be done better. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always have a story for what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, in 2015, when I came back from the fellowship, um, I, in 2017, I got pregnant, like 2016, I got pregnant. Then I was, I was using Uber a lot, yeah? Mm-hmm. So I was with this Uber gentleman and um, his car fails. <laughs> and he, he had, his dad had a, like a mechanical garage. So, and we're doing like training some young people. And then he calls one of the guys that were training <laughs> to come through. And but before before prior before getting to the that uh, that car for Uber, I had just watched uh, an animation called Zootopia. I love to watch animations because they're quite inspiring. And there's this small bunny that wanted to be a police woman. So it, throughout when he was picking me up, I was very inspired by this young small bunny that wanted to be a police woman, and she was competing with elephants. So it was amazing. So in this situation. This Uber guy who I, I would use often because I now I started using him off the app. I'd call him. He he calls this young gentleman to come and actually work on the car. And then when we get he gets to the car, he couldn't do anything. So um, he was so dirty. He was smelling. He was so messy, and I was so late. So I kept on telling him, "Do you know um, if a woman was doing this job, they would come when they were so clean." They would come so prepared with their toolbox. They would come and very detailed. They would actually, he, he was all over the place. All oh, this is dead. All oh, this is dead. So, because of our nature being women, it was, there's a way our nature organizes us. So, we would, would come really organized. So, that's how somehow it kept at the back of my head because I told him. So, later on, he comes and tells me, oh, by the way, I, my dad has owns the where that guy comes from, and we want to attract more amazing people. Would you? I read about that you you are marketing manager. You are marketing manager somewhere. Can you come and market my garage? Mm. And I'm like, no, you can't afford me. But <laughs> can we partner? And I try and do an experiment where we could get some of my girls as training in another program mm-hmm. to come and inspire them to do mechanics, and we did it with five girls, and. Within like three weeks, they had gotten the basics. 
And then within those weeks, they had attracted attention in the community. Hmm. Within those weeks, they had attracted other 30 ladies. It was amazing. It was like... That's, and now we, my entrepreneur Bob was kept on going up and down. So, so it, that's how it all came and built. So yeah, that's how it all worked out. That's how the girls with tools that now we have on a smart girls was born from just by just that story. That's that's amazing. I knew there was a story. There was a story behind it. <laughs> but look at you, look at you. I mean, you started off um, you know, quitting this high paying job, you know, end up at the the, the Mandela Washington, I think the Mandela Washington Fellowship, um, being recognized by Barack Obama, you know, uh, and and doing this incredible stuff. And I think what is really amazing, uh, and I think one of the reasons why I do this profile is that one, I want to capture behind the scenes stories that uh, and bring to life because once you share them yourself, you know, people get to really um, there's there's some human centered design that comes with it, right? Yeah. Uh, we can just read it from. Bravo, biography somewhere on the website, but we get to experience who the person is. Uh, but more importantly, there is this um, values, you know, in life that um, you know you it strengthens you and gives mm-hmm. the, the, the fortitude to 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 keep building. But you know, it also gives you a, a purpose of why you're doing this, right? Um, yeah, that's true. You know, so the highlights that you get to you know being recognized by black woman and all that. It stems from all these values that you were able to overcome, right? And you sharing that, uh, it really inspires me. And I think that's why I love just hearing stories like this because I'm like, yeah, the future of in Africa. So um, now you know, smart girls, you know, girls with tools, um, is 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 rising and is doing some great work in Uganda. You say you're doing some stuff in South Africa, right? Can you share a little mm-hmm. bit about uh, your work in South Africa with smart girls? So, um, we, the girls with tools really grew, and um, while I was doing it, we grew from the girls in mechanics, where we, we added other courses, we now we have a full training center, um, but then at the back of my head, there was still something missing that I used to do with, during the first event I used to do, um, the usable parts I used to give out for young girls to stay in school, Yeah. And I went back, still did research and not trying to find out if the girls I had helped back then were actually staying in school. And the percentage was still not staying in school. So um, that's when I sat, um, I, I, find, I found out why. Because by the time you're giving this girl a usable pad, and some even we sell, the ones we give out for free do not have um, even as simple as a bag to carry to school to where they could keep these usable pads. And by the fact it's reasonable, they have to change it three times a day. Then maybe they have gone to the rural school. It doesn't have access to wash facilities. So that it was, there was an inconvenience, a percentage of girls who are inconvenienced by using these reasonable pads. So as much as they actually helping, but there was a small percentage. So I wanted to close that gap. So that's how I innovated the smart bag. So the smart bag uh, with my team really wanted to create a, a bag that was a school bag but also has a component where the girls could, could be able to carry their unused reusable pads. And when they would get to school they, and they don't have where to wash them from, they could have a company where they could, a department where they could put those used ones and could privately, conveniently, whatever them from home. Mm-hmm. So I put this in for um, some challenge that was up for UNFP and I won that challenge to develop the prototype and we launched the prototype. 
And later with the 55,000 we did, we successfully helped 80%. There was still that other small percentage that was still staying out of school. And the issue was the first bags we made were absolutely of cloth. And Uganda being a rainy season, you've been to Mbarara. Yes. So when they walk quite a distance, mm-hmm. the pointed in would get wet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So later on, we refined the prototype, we make it a recycled smart bag. So yep. to make it waterproof. Mm-hmm. And all this I'm doing with the girls here in the girls with tools, mostly the ones in the tailoring class. Um, and we kept on kept on defining and understanding our inno- innovation, I would say. So later on, that also still worked out somehow. So now we're doing like a recycled smart bag. But later on, still, we noticed there was a small 5% mm-hmm. of young women. If they would go to school later on, we noticed they would carry jerry cans within the bag. And when they would go back home, they would first pass by the well, get home, do housework, the fetched water and everything. And by the time they would get done with housework, it's dark. So mm-hmm. they do not, and the candle is done. Um, they don't have lighting to revise their books. So their fathers or their parents or guardians will still keep them out of school. And their argument would be that they've provided you everything, yeah, that's to stay in school, reasonable parts and everything, you're still behind schoolwork. And yet the issue was this girl at night maybe didn't get to revise her books, didn't get to read her books. So that's how we now started adding a solar panel. Mm. So, but this is also comes with me sitting with my girls in electrical installation class that we train as the girls with tools. And like, how do I solve this problem? Then we decided to add now a solar panel on the bag that mm. when the girls are walking to school, the panel is charging a detachable light that after when they come back home and they've done with everything, they're using this light to read their books, but also, most importantly, to access their wash facilities. Mm-hmm. Sorry about the noise. No, it's okay. It's okay. okay. No? It's okay. So, no, it's... see how um, the beauty of, like, now, the, the, these, like, as much as the Girls With Tools is really growing, just growing with partnerships, support, um, us being smart, it's really sitting around with the girls also to see how, with what we've done with the girls with tools, how we could innovate to try and keep now the girls. And we still keep on doing that. So that it's that particular program that um, attracted a lot of attention with partners like in South Africa that thought it viable for me to scale it in South Africa. So we've ended up registering in South Africa and later we're also registering in Zimbabwe and Tanzania to have the impact of the smart bag because we've proven it to show that it is helping keeping girls absolutely in school during their menstruation periods and also lighting them by using green energy and recycling plastic waste and keeping giving employment to young women who are actually making the bag. So the fascination has, and around the innovation and there's so many things it's helping um, has led me to actually attract partners to get um, to scale in the different parts of the of Africa that I'm trying to do right now. That is so incredible. And those are the. Can I just look at the bags over there? The oh yeah, let me show you. Yeah, let me get one. Please, would be great. That is. So this is the panel. Yep, I see it. So the panel, we make different design to also for the sustainability of this. Yes, each bag we sell. We make another we give out for free. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. With each five bags we sell, we make another we give and uh, we give out for free. Wow. So and we have companies that buy them in bulk as their CSR. So it has where the girls carry their books. So here they carry their books. Mm-hmm. And this is the light it charges. So this is the, the bulb, so it lights up. 
Wow. So the so when they're walking, they make sure we teach them that when they're when they're going to school, mm-hmm. they connect this. Um, it has where it, it connects with the wire. Yes. So if I remove this, you'll see it's lighting a little bit. I don't know if you can see, you, 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 but it's lighting. Yeah. Oh, that, that's incredible! Wow. Yeah, it has lighting. Yeah. So yeah. while they're walking, this is inside charging, and then they have this component right inside here. This is where they put their reusable pads. Yes. And then we inside we put um, the plastic where they ca- they can carry their used pads, and then each bag we add. Um, a, 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 we add like a what is it called um, a wallet that has in a, a pads starter kit where yeah. it can help them make more of their reusable pads. So it comes with a pack of reusable pads. It yeah. comes with a, a kit um, that helps them make more of their reusable pads, and then a menstrual health management booklet. So the beauty is that now also boys parents are buying it for their boys. Most of those who don't have access to power. So, and they know with each bag they make, they're contributing to others that we are giving out for free. Exactly. So it has led to being a smart bag for girls. Now it's a smart bag for everyone. And we're making another. There's one we are making, this one that has a normal person, you could buy it. And if you're traveling and you don't have time, it's going to have a charge portal so that you can connect your USB and mm-hmm. you'll be able to charge your phone. So mm-hmm. instead of even buying it for your child, you're buying it for yourself. Um, and knowing it will help you carry maybe your laptop, your books, or anything, um, and you're giving back to another person you're helping in um, uh, in the rural areas. That is so cool. that's how I build. That's how I build all my 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 program. That's why it's so important to say I'm a social enterprise. I'm yeah. not a for profit. I'm like I'm really a social. I have sustainability, and I, I'm passionate in creating um, social good in whatever ways I need. Mostly in economical empowerment and health. Yes, yes, that that is powerful. I need one of those bags. I need I need <laughs> one of those bags. It's, that is a very great story, and I think, um, I mean, you you're actually now in the um, you know, this is a pure product, uh, uh, you know, a business where you know you actually do you like is it are they in retail stores or is this like there's a point or so you buy it on the website or just through the partners that. Yeah, so that's where my scaling has been started. Um, I want to get away from, um, I want to get away from consumer to um, sales. I want to one now take it more commercial. Um, it's the one that I was telling you about that we are certifying yes. um, to make sure we have it um, in stores for its for availability. Um, being approved by, have, we are trademarking it, we are copying it, writing it. And that's why, you know, the builders also uh, program has come in handy um, yeah. to make sure we have it possible. We are getting on all social media, uh, sorry, on um, like um, online platforms like Junior, Junior. Um, online sales, yeah, so that they can be, people can, now we've created the demand. Before we hadn't created the demand and we've come to now beautify them to reach every different clientele. Yes. Um, because I really don't want to depend on funds. I have companies that come and organizations that said, you know what, let's buy, what, 5,000 bags and you give them out. But I want, I like uh, giving, creating a trend um, and saying someone has bought something and I know it's, it's helping them, but they know they are helping someone they do not know. Exactly. I want to create a trend of whereby you buy a product that knows is giving back to either the environment always giving back to another person in need. Exactly. Um, as much as I appreciate grants and everything, 
I want to create a culture in our community and the world that everybody has ownership in giving back to our social good. Exactly, exactly. I completely agree with that. And I think that that's more sustainable, right, than just, you know, depending on... Um, this uh, just depending on grants, um, it, as you say, um, this is great. This, uh, I mean, that's why you're builders for Africa's future, right? It's, there's so much here, yeah, actually. Uh, and oh my gosh, I know yeah. this is hard. It is really hard. I know front facing uh, on a podcast, it sounds like you know, there was, a, I'm sure there's a lot of iterations, there was a lot of back and forth, maybe supply didn't come on yeah. time. Uh, some sleepless yeah. nights, some frustrations. <laughs> you know, there's a lot that goes behind exactly. this. Exactly. Right. Um, so thank you for your work. I think this is uh, for you to 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 stick with it, uh, to keep on fighting and to keep on building. It's really hard. It's really hard. People don't see a lot <laughs> that happens behind. Yeah, it's hard. It's, I'm just too passionate. I like it. We're very very passionate about the work that I do. And even when I have, as you say, sometimes stuff are really hard and you feel like giving up and you're like, you know what, I really need to close off. Then you get to the, our training center and the young people, they're looking at you and they're excited from the backgrounds they came on. They didn't have a second. Most of them are early school leavers and they thought they're bound to being in the slum areas and selling what um, plastic bags on the roads. And they're here. They have a hope becoming an electro engineer and... <laughs> And then you're like, you know what? Let me keep on fighting. Let me make, make this work. Let me attract partners. Let me like let me make it work. So yeah. Yeah. I'm always marketing and so to attract people, to attract support, but really to make sure I'm creating demand of the things that I'm doing so that I can keep on helping for those ones who can't. But it's not easy. It's just really um, keep on moving. For sure, for sure. Uh, it shows that it's more than you, right? It's not just about you. It's more than it's a community. It's yes, a community. that's true. And that's what that's what keeps you going. Um, so I mean, in, along those lines, right? Um, one the last two questions is one: How do you want to inspire? Um, what is the thing that makes you? Um, would you tell young entrepreneurs, especially young female entrepreneurs, or even young male entrepreneurs? Because we, I, I can also learn from you. Um, um, what what is what will you tell people like us and you know other people that are aspiring to build stuff, um, not just you know in Africa but in Asia, Latin America? What are some of the uh, from your experience? What has been some of the learnings that you would love to share with us uh, as we think about uh, for those who are interested in building businesses, but also those who are just trying to take the leap of faith to start something mm-hmm. you know, that has an impact in community? If you don't mind sharing your wisdom, I know. You can condense it in, <laughs> in a few seconds. Yeah. Um, what I really would advise is first, learning doesn't stop. I've come to notice that I'm always learning. Even when I think I've, I know something, there's something new. I'm always learning from something, uh, from someone or from a situation. And also don't be afraid to fail. And the thing that I've noticed with some people, even the people I've talked with, is if they have an idea in their head, it stays in their head, they get scared, like it needs all that stuff with what you have. And that's what I've learned. I'm, I've done so, I've not told you a lot, I've done so many things and I've failed at them, but they've led to the results that I have right now. So don't be afraid to, to try and fail. That's part of the learning process. Because if you do not try at all, you will not know what you're trying to do. So if I tell you how many prototypes I built for the smart bag, even for the girls with tools, how many times I tried something with one person and they get done. So 
do not be afraid to try and fail and keep on trying to ask why. Why is it failed? Why, why, and why? That's all right. I'm always asking myself. And it has helped me so much in whatever situation that I'm doing. And even if I'm falling down, I know, no, yeah, there must be a way it can be different. Exactly, exactly. Um, no, those are those are very, 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 um, you know, insightful way of looking at things. Um, and it resonates a lot with other entrepreneurs that have been on the pod, but also, you know, people that have done some great stuff. It's the same, same story, um, but in their own perspective. One thing that I would love for you to ask and for us to close the podcast, what do you want your, your legacy to be like? Um, I know, I know you're, you're still very young. You have a long time to do some great work in Uganda. <laughs> <laughs> I caught myself old. You know, we women age is like a disaster. Oh my god! I wish I could stay eighteen. <laughs> Yet, like it's like, no, you're not going to stay eighteen, my dear. <laughs> so, but yes, I always think about my legacy. I'm so passionate. I'd want to be if decades. I mean, the soil decades. People are still remembering the fact that there was that person who innovated. Um, things that are helping women and girls all over Africa and the world. I don't want to stick in Uganda. I feel like I'm I'm too huge to really help only Ugandans. I want to help the world. So that's why I'm really scaling because I want to leave a legacy that says there's this one person who launched, a, who started innovations that until now have inspired change to keep women economically sustainable and have a healthy living and really inspired the need of social good in every person that it's so the world has changed to be selfish to only think about yourself you may not help someone directly but it may help them through something you're eating through something you're dressing so i really want to leave a legacy of social good is the way to go so that even when you buy something you know it is helping someone out there that decades later, they're still talking about Jamila Mayanja. <laughs> <laughs> Jamila, you not surprised? You have already done it. Yeah. You have already. Oh, I'm, no, I, I don't feel, okay, yeah, I've done something. I think I've started laying in the ground, but I'm, I'm still doing, like I'm telling you, that as long as I have life, I am not going to sleep until I have done, reached that legacy. Jamila, yeah, I, I, I think you are already on the path um, and nothing's going to stop you. Uh, I see the passion. I see the drive. And with all the support that you have now and, you know, the partners that you've built, uh, the sky, the sky is not even your limit. So I'm excited for you. I'm excited. I'm happy that I got to meet you because once you, you are getting really, you know, once you get on all the news channels, I'll be like, I knew Javier. <laughs> I knew how much was, you know. Inshallah, from your from your lips to God's ears to make it happen. <laughs> no, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for sharing your story. Um looking forward to being part of this journey and just seeing the great work you're doing. And um I'd love to have you back uh as you continue to build the com- their company. Yeah, anytime you need me to come back, I'll be gladly joining. I'm traveling to South Africa next week to try and start um, the launch of our Smart Girl South Africa. So um, anytime you really want to for me to share anything, you just let me know. I'll be glad to do so. Thank you for having me too. For sure, for sure. And so this is Jamilia uh, Mayanja, CEO of Smart Girls Uganda, part of Builders for Africa's Future. And uh, good luck with everything. I'll talk to you soon.
Thank you. Bye. Bye.